Father, thank you for the blood of your Son that cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness and heals us from the effects of the same sin in our lives. As for all the scars that remain because of this sin, because of this fallen world, may we look upon these same scars with victory in Jesus, knowing that you have given us the ability and the grace and the mercy to be able to overcome them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm here today. I stand on the public corner of social media and the internet, and I do so with peace. I have peace because I preach the peace of Christ. I have peace because I preach the blood of Christ. Today, we read about the peace offering by the blood. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 7. If he offer a lamb for his offering, then shall he offer it before the Lord. We also read that Jesus became the goat of sin for you and me in verse 12. And if his offering be a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. So here we see the Lamb of God and here we see the goat. The Lord covers it all. He covers all bases. My friends, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we, may, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. No blood equals no salvation. No salvation equals no entrance into the congregation called the church. I don't care if you sit on a pew or not. No blood, no salvation. You're not a member of the church. Verse 13, And he shall lay his hand upon the head of it and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle the blood there upon the altar around about it. So it's either our substitute dies or we die. Therefore I preach, hear Christ or die. One or the other, my friends. We either hear Christ or we will die. Acts 3.23 in our reading yesterday, and it shall come to pass to every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed among the people. There is no such thing as universal salvation in that the Lord's going to save everybody. The soul that does not hear Christ will die. While I preach, for some reason, most of my heartache comes from the religious establishment for preaching Christ first, for preaching repentance while condemning their hypocrisy and political idolatry. We read today in Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, And as they spake unto the people, the priest, and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Christ and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Yesterday I saw a post from a principled griper. 
on Gab. And a lot of people were liking it and a lot of people were reposting it. But this is what concerned me. It had a video clip of former President Trump with the caption, Dark MAGA. Then it had a little demon or devil emoji next to it. Yet people liked it. They reposted it. And in this clip he said, Turn off the lights! Turn off the lights! Regardless of the context, maybe the lights were too bright. But I don't find any uh, coincidence sometimes in in this verbiage. And then the verbiage to follow. But he said, turn off the lights. Now, of course, we read in John chapter 3 and verse 19 through 20. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. The clip went on. It talked about American wealth. We read in Mark 4.19, In the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it become unfruitful. No wonder why they want to turn off the lights. The video goes on. It talks about American pride. But yet I read in Proverbs 8.13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride. In arrogancy, in the evil way, in the froward mouth, do I hate? This is what the Lord hates. He says, turn on the lights. But yet, people think that they're going to find safety with the lights off, with pride, and with wealth. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Bible bigot tuned in today's live notes on Gab. And by the way, I'm doing my best to archive these notes on my Substack page for as an added feature for those of you as a thank you to those who support my work. And so they are set on a supporter-only view, but you still can get these notes. It's just that I post them in the morning throughout the week on Gab. And then if you miss the live notes there, because I removed them once they are inserted into these episodes, just listen to the podcast and you will get the notes. But Bible Bigot, he says, hence why so many connect with your work. We have been led astray by blind and bought for elders through a system in which they were engraved as the authorities of our Holy Communion because they stand on a stage with lights. (laughs) I, I wish they had lights. A lot of them are turning the lights off on these same stages now. He says, and they share a few lines of scripture, many of which do not solely use God's words So graciously provided to us in the Bible with the understanding given to us by the Holy Spirit as their source of teaching. While still relying on the paid for training for men in a place named on a piece of paper. Many people are being called to find Christ. Even more people there have a relationship with Christ but do not engage in reading his words personally. 
However, when they do or come into contact in the wilderness with a true nitty-gritty Christian, you can literally see their spirit ignite. No matter one's understanding or knowledge level, truth is contagious. He says to keep up the great work, that he's learned much, and he continues to learn with my help and other sources. However, he says, the Bible is my compass. He says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. As he quotes Psalm 119, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yes, you and I can choose a dark path. There are many dark paths to go down, such as the shilling for Russia or Ukraine. And you just might assist in the death of a fellow Christian. But I'll tell you this, preach Christ. And you will see lives and souls saved. You will see people in Christ encouraged like Bible bigot. Which one would you rather have on your conscience? It is these dark paths that have left America in a great decline of Christianity. I saw where a preacher by the name of Brian Suave had posted on Gab the decline of Christianity in America has 50 times more to do with how we have educated our children than it does a failure of public evangelism or open-air preaching. And I'm not against either of the latter, by the way, he says. But my brother Brian, I will tell you this, and I will tell the listeners to this podcast, if parents evangelized and preached to their children by word and example, they would have all the education they need to be successful. So I guess my question is, how do you define education outside of preaching and evangelization of the gospel? How do you define education? We know that Titus 1.3 says, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching. And I preach to you today. The verse continues, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. And this is why I preach today. This is why I preach tomorrow. And this is why I will preach to my very last breath. By the way, you can imprison me, but you will never be able to imprison the word of God. Acts 4, 3 through 4. And they laid hands on them. And they put them in hold until the next day, for it was now even tied. How about many of them which heard the word believed? And the number of them was about 5,000. You can imprison me, but you're not going to be able to imprison the word of God. You can stain my parchment, but it will still preach. I saw a post by Dinsmore Sheepskins. He says, concerning one of his parchments, he said it didn't turn out good because all the fat didn't get dissolved in the tannery. Do your best 
with failure. He says, I made a business sign instead designed by Canadius. And he has this cool sheepskin that was stained through failure. But yet now it stands as a sign for the kingdom. And this is the failure that you're looking at today. This is the failure that you're seeing today. Preach the word of God. I may have scars because of my sin, but I'm healed. And I preach the power and the mighty name of Christ my Lord. The name and the power of Christ that cannot be stopped. Verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And I'm here to reveal to you the answer, just as they revealed the same answer in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. It's the same name. It's this power, and it's the answer that I preach to you today with the scars of skin called sin, yet I'm healed. I do not forget where I came from. I do not forget how I got these scars. All I know is who healed them. And his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Petrie, Mr. Nobody on Gabhead referenced the same passage today, and he says, without the covering blood of Jesus, sin which are all guilty of will be examined, and it has its due reward. He says that his sacrifice alone was sufficient for all creation. Don't, do not be deceived. And I do not care what theological degree that you have that says otherwise. I only care if you have been with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And I tell you to do the same. I have been with the Lord. I don't care how unlearned or ignorant that you think that I am. Take notes. Take notes, my friends. And speaking of being with Christ, I mentioned this in another episode, but I had wrote, I wrote a book that many of you might have read. And it shares my testimony in Christ and someone gave it a two star without any words. Of course there were no words. What can you say against someone's personal testimony? Again, my friends, take notes. Verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. The man spoke his testimony. How are you going to criticize that in a review? The man was healed. Verse 24, we cannot speak the things which we have seen, but what we have seen and heard, that's all that I could speak. 
All I could speak of is decades of the Lord dealing with my life every day. He has never left me, nor has he forsaken me. I owe him my all. He is my God and he is my king. And all I know is this, is that if you are healed by Christ physically and or spiritually, people will know. There is no such thing as a closet born again Christian. If you're hiding in a closet, you probably haven't been with the Lord. Because you cannot help but to speak. In verse 8 through 9. And he leaping up stood. And walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. Do you see him hiding in a closet? He leaped. He stood up. He walked. And he walked boldly into the temple of God. And he praised God. Colleen on Gab replies and says, we need to be full. When we are without faith, we long to be full and we fill ourselves with the things that are dark and ugly. But when we purge our lives of those things and allow our faith to fill us, it is like we used to live in the dead of winter in a house with all the curtains closed and spring has finally arrived. The curtains are pulled back. The windows open. Our hearts sing. We feel refreshed and new. We know a love. That we can never have imagined. And we feel strong and happy. And we want to do better. And we want to do better. And when we open the Bible. And truly take the word of God. We come alive. And we want to shout it from the rooftops. And we want every lost soul to find their way home. I pray for this. For every one of us every day. Colleen's not hiding in a closet. Polish Proud 68 says I like your style. Straight up. All I know is my Lord and my King didn't beat around the bush and neither am I. All I know is this, that almost 29 years ago, the Lord saved me and people are still scratching their heads. Verse 10, Acts 3. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which happened unto him. People are still scratching their heads. That's not the Andrew that I remember. That's a completely different Andrew. The world can care less what happened to me decades ago. They may scratch their head. They may look at it in amazement. Then there are others who threaten, who defame, who deplatform. And they will soon beat us once again for preaching Christ. But I say this, so be it, because I will still preach. I will not hide in the closets of these world, of this world. Verse 17 through 18. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them. That they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Why do they do this? Because their power is threatened by the power. The power of the name that I preach to you today. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And for all those who fear the political and religious authorities. 
For all those who say that they should be obeyed in all things, I would refer you to verse 19 in our reading today in Acts chapter 4. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God? Judge ye. And when we fail to obey these authorities, guess what? Persecution will come. And I'm telling you, prepare, my friends, because persecution is coming to America. And how should we respond when this overwhelming power of this world begins to beat us and to cast us into prison and to even kill us? How do we respond, my friends? Well, we read it today. Same chapter, Acts chapter 4, they prayed. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered to together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that thy signs and wonders may be made done by the name of the holy child Jesus. So they prayed and they preached. And then what happened? The place shook. They prayed and they preached the word of God and the place shook. Verse 31 and when they had prayed, the place was shaken wherein they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Did Wormbrand, in Tortured for Christ, have this same boldness as he faced persecution? I noticed that Full Armor Farm had posted a link to a townhall.com article Entitled, We Are Called to Be Disciples, Not Consumers. Learning a Lesson from the Persecuted Church. And he writes, as Wormbrand said in Tortured for Christ, persecution has always produced a better Christian, a witnessing Christian, a soul-winning Christian. Communist persecution has backfired and produced serious, dedicated Christians such as are rarely seen in free lands. These people cannot understand how anyone can be a Christian and not want to win every soul that they meet. Then I see Fan Fang and, and Claw ask this morning, how is your prayer life? Five to ten minutes is fine, but when was the last time you prayed for an hour? When was the last time you fasted for God? Here's an eternal secret. She says, every test we experience here is a trial to see how much we believe God's word. 
and ultimately our salvation. If we can't trust him in the small and trivial matters of this world, how then can we believe him about the most important matter of all, our salvation? He says this is why prayer is vital and a lifeline to God's people. The hand of God stretches out against Satan when we pray and the favor and face of God shines down upon us. And then she posts a meme, pray, pray often, pray with faith, pray knowing that it makes a difference. And it's when we gather together, it's when we pray in unity that the incense of the saints rise unto God. Do we contribute an hour of time each day to prayer? Verse 1, now Peter, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Or is your time more spent on social media or media in general? Because if it is the latter, you know what spirit you are led by. And then you know why, and then you know why you do not have any power. Steve Franson on Gab posts, remember, when talking to liberals, you're also talking to 2,000 plus hours of CNN, MSNBC, Netflix, and 17 years of schooling, including university. My friend Stephen, I will also have you remember. 2,000 plus years of Jesus Christ who can break this mold in an instant. In an instant, my friends. And when this mold is broken, they attempt to break the mold of Christ, leaving our brother and sister in need. Guess what? Our goods ought to become their goods. Verse 32, chapter 4, Acts. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Yet at the same time, my friends, we must pray because we must have discernment. We must not enable idleness nor laziness among the brethren. Yet, if there is a need, sometimes this fulfillment of the need will come with rebuke. But the hour of prayer, my friends, will not only give us discernment, it will open our eyes to the real needs around us. I'm convinced of it. But we must pray. Verse 2 through 4, And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked it of, of an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Why did they say, Look on us? I truly believe it's because he wanted this person to see the lilies of peace that surrounded them. The same lilies that we read about in Song of Solomon today, 6.3, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. The lilies grow around us, my friends, because they have been watered in the blood of Christ. 
which brings you and me peace. Do you see the lilies, my friends? Do you see the lilies? Psalm 92. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is as if they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thy enemies, O Lord, for lo, thy enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My eye also shall see my desire on my enemies, and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Psalm 93. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength wherein he hath girded himself. The world also established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice, the floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure, holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. I pray that this episode of Gospeled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.